Well, it's a pleasure to welcome Dr. Albertus Marais, a director of tax boutique, AJM Tax, um, in Cape Town, to the Business Law Podcast today. Albertus, thanks for joining us. Great having you. Thank you very much, Evan. It's uh, nice to be able to talk to you. I wanted to start with, obviously, the budget coming up. Looming large, it's going to be a challenge. And we've had some interesting developments this year, of course, where we had the supplementary budget on the 24th of June um, to provide for an amended budget for the remaining part of 2020-21. Now, you're going to have significant budget shortfalls. There's no getting around that. I know you had a look at some of the numbers. Um, It's going to be pretty hard to fill that void at this stage. And, And I think what we want to get to is our tax increase is going to be the right way to fill that void. But maybe let's start with how bad is the void going to be and in light of the supplementary budget. Yeah, so I mean, the void is pretty bad. I mean, it's, it's close to uh, 300 million rand on, uh, on, on budgeted expenses per year for, what's it, uh, 1.5 trillion rands. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's close to 20% of our budgeted expenditure per year we're not going to receive as an income. Um, so somewhere the shortfall needs to be made up. So, I mean, the logical choice, uh, or, or what South Africans have perhaps become accustomed to recently, is to say that government will simply move to, to hike taxes further. Um, so, I mean, everyone is, is looking at a potential uh, at tax hikes and expecting uh, perhaps even more uh, significantly a so-called wealth tax being introduced. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a lot of concern amongst taxpayers at this stage. Um, to this extent. I mean, if, if one looks closely at uh, the policy proposals put forward by Treasury when yeah. uh, delivering these um, uh, uh, interim budgets, uh, we had the emergency budget being tabled uh, during the, the middle part of last year and then, as you alluded to, in October, the, uh, the, the medium-term budget. Treasury states quite clearly that the shortfall will be made up with tax hikes, but mm. through surprisingly small numbers, I mean, they talk about 5 billion, 10 billion per year, um, and that is not even close to what we need to fill this uh, very significant and ever-growing gap in, in tax revenues. And it's, it's quite clear to me that government is looking rather to the expenditure side yeah. to shore up and its finances, and, and, and quite clearly through the much publicised uh, public sector wage bill that is hotly contested and a political hot potato. But the question in the end will be whether government can see through uh, cuts in the expenses of, of these nature, um, and thereby ensuring that the tax base is grown through uh, not hiking taxes at this stage, but in allowing the economy to thrive uh, by virtue of simply having more or greater access to capital without it being uh, paid away as taxes. Mm. And, and possibly also um, recognition of the fact that we may be getting into, or we are, in overtaxed territory, which makes it exceedingly difficult. Absolutely. I mean, one of the interesting things is we have uh, this concept of Tax Freedom Day, which you may be aware of, mm-hmm. is to say that um, when in the year would you say that everything from now going forward, I will earn for my own pocket, so to speak. I mean, we have Tax Freedom Days have been calculated for, for, for various different countries. Our own Tax Freedom Day in this country is around about May. Mm-hmm. And over the past few years, it's been steadily creeping later and later in the year, meaning that the moment in the year in which you will now be earning income only for yourself becomes later and later. So yes, absolutely. I mean, South Africans are growing uh, 
extremely concerned about taxes. And uh, in fact, I think uh, in hiking taxes, government is starting to realize that they will, in fact, uh, be collecting lesser taxes. Of course, the political hot potato is the public sector wage bill. Uh, There's been an increase in rhetoric um, for about a year, even a bit more, of the need to actually cut back. Um, And I know we got some strong indicators in in October, but it's proving quite difficult. I mean, do you you expect that to actually become um, a savior, as it were? manage to, to go through with it, it will be a savior. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's going, look, our problems are much bigger than only the public sector yeah. wage bill. But uh, it's become uh, such a significant component of the budget year on year that frankly we cannot do without it. It won't be a savior, it is rather a necessity. Mm-hmm. We cannot continue down this path. If the ever-growing above inflationary public sector wage bill is continued is, is is allowed to continue growing unabated. Uh, we will be paying more every year in expenses to to public sector uh, expenditure, both wages and otherwise, than we are able to collect um, in taxes. And that problem we all know from from international experience is bound to worsen very quickly thereafter. And of course, government debt and interest is the other outlying factor that is just worsening and needs to be managed significantly. Are there, are there ways that that can be managed um, a, little, a, a lot better than, than it has been? Or are we going to have to just suck that one up for a couple of years? It's, it's something that you can't wave a magic wand at and uh, yeah. have disappear with one stroke. It is unfortunately a structural problem that needs to be addressed over time. The problem has become so significant, uh, Evan, that uh, in the budget of, of the past year, uh, the one that, that was released um, on the uh, 26th of February 2020, uh, when, in, when one interrogated the numbers, uh, you saw that public sector debt and public sector wages amounted to 80% of the budget's expenses. Yeah. I mean, that is a mm-hmm. staggering percentage to think that 80% of every one rand that this government expends goes towards paying debt and to paying its employees. Unbelievable. And, and I suppose ultimately um, the point that, you, that you're making here as well is that a short-termist approach is not going to solve these problems, right? We need to be brave long-term. Uh, absolutely. It, it, there are very clear structural problems um, at play and which need to be fixed. Now, it's quite clear to me, as we said, that Treasury has taken a number of significant steps uh, to uh, in, to introduce policy, really to ensure that the tax base is grown and to make it attractive also for international investors to invest in this country. The question is whether politically uh, government has the appetite to take on unions in, uh, in, in pushing through these structural reforms that are necessary to, to save us from the, uh, the brink of financial disaster, if I may be so dramatic. Fabulous. No, Alberta's wonderful uh, points made. I think all eyes will be glued on the budget. And certainly, ultimately, you're saying as well, probably no wealth tax, right, um, this time. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it, it's not possible and feasible. Let's expand that tax base and look at other ways. Now, incentives and providing incentives to corporates is, is important. And I think that's something that, that would need to be looked at. But the other side of it as well is foreign investment and making the economy more attractive to foreign investors. And I know recently um, the surveillance department of the Reserve Bank 
issued a circular announcing something interesting, which is an end to the long-standing exchange control prohibition against these what were called loop structures. Um, maybe let's just get into that and and quickly determine if if that is something that that could help our economy going forward and could be quite a good move. Uh, maybe just give us a little bit of a backstory on how these loop structures have worked and why there was a need to control them via exchange controls and 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 building up to why they've actually changed that now. Yeah, so I mean, the, the loop structure prohibition existed. I mean, uh, since uh, exchange controls uh, were introduced, or at least the regulation thereof, as they exist at the moment, were introduced in 1961 already. Yeah. So it's to say that I mean, uh, South Africans uh, cannot hold investments or assets in South Africa via an offshore structure. Yeah. To give an example, I can't hold shares in uh, a foreign company if that foreign company would own assets or shares in South Africa. That is a loop structure. The same applies not only to companies, also if I'm a beneficiary of an offshore trust. That trust is not allowed to hold assets back into South Africa. And the reason for that prohibition uh, throughout, uh, was not to say that we want to shore up and protect the integrity of the South African RAND. Why that prohibition existed was to combat instances of tax avoidance. To say that by virtue of investing in South Africa through an offshore structure, typically in these uh, tax haven type jurisdictions, I'm able to realize value on my investment without paying tax in South Africa. For example, if I'm investing through a company uh, in, in a tax haven, I can have that company or entity then receive dividends or to uh, sell my investments at a decreased dividend tax rate or decreased capital gains tax rates. And it's that exploitation that the loop structure regime uh, sought to counter. Of um, uh, to briefly then on, on why this has changed now, I think quite encouragingly, mm. uh, Treasury has said that there are a number of instances where there are legitimate reasons for loop structures to exist. Yeah. Quite often you see um, offshore entities wanting to invest in South Africa and then to have uh, distantly through the corporate structure perhaps uh, South African interests being held at the top, completely removed and unaware really of the South African investments being made. In other words, in other words no real uh, tax-driven motives for that investment. It is a, a purely uh, economic-driven investment that we yeah. want in this country. But then it is burdened by red tape and applications needed to be submitted and so forth. Mm. So Treasury has now developed new new policy to say that tax avoidance is best regulated through tax legislation and we will use exchange controls only and simply for purposes of uh, ensuring the integrity of the South African rand. So it's quite encouraging in that sense to see it. And, and of course, in anticipation of this move, uh, Treasury has introduced a number of of uh, tax amendments last year to ensure that these loop structures can now be taxed more effectively. Of course. And, and the one thing I'm getting here is that this could be quite positive for foreign investment, direct investment in, into SA to support uh, local entrepreneurs and the like. Um, is, that, is that right? Absolutely. Mm. So, so, so what we've seen, and I've seen it in my practice very often, is that you have... Uh, offshore or non-South African investments coming to this country and wanting to invest uh, in businesses, uh, startups or, or, 
already well-established businesses. And then once realizing that um, South Africa has this strict exchange control regime in place, that is quite often enough to scare off investments. I mean, not only to say that I need to apply to invest in this country, if you've ever heard of something as ridiculous as that, (laughs) but secondly, that there are conditions before I can extract my funds. So uh, it's very encouraging to see this new policy directive by Treasury. And further encouraging, it is only the beginning. Uh, We've heard in the budget last year that not only are we seeing a relaxation in relation to loop structures, but the whole notion of exchange control is being rethinked. And we are expecting an updated uh, exchange control manual uh, and a policy being published by the Reserve Bank during March of this year to uh, to announce significant relaxations of exchange controls to open up the South African economy to become more attractive to foreign investments, which we so direly need in this country. Absolutely. Albertus, thanks very much. That's really encouraging news. I think, um, obviously, on, on this side, where you, the things, proactive things that can be done um, to support the economy, and, and I think we'd like to see a lot more of that. Um, of course, the budget is going to be the hot potato, and we certainly hope to see some of these, um, some of these measures coming through that balance things and that also ensure that hard choices are made and that uh, this economy can thrive. Uh, without necessarily adding to the existing burden um, of taxpayers that have just been pushed too far. So, I mean, really, thanks for that view. It's been great chatting, and, um, and we look forward to, to the budget um, in, in February.